the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 57. This is the sixth in a series on a study on the Book of Romans I'm calling Christianity 101. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. So far in Romans, we've established through Paul's writings that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And here in chapter 4, which is what we're going to start looking at today, Paul's going to deal with justification. That is how we are made right with God. And he's going to do it using Abraham's faith as an example. Now, Abraham's faith is very important because, one, it's what the Jewish Christians would trace their faith back to as he's writing to the church that is both Jew and Gentile. And two, it's very singular in the sense that there are a few times in the Bible, maybe Abraham and Noah, for instance, that God specifically calls someone and tells them to do something without mention of a previous relationship with his people. So Abram is just minding his own business when God calls him and says, get up, leave your country. And then he makes promises in a covenant with Abraham. And then Abraham's faith is shown, for instance, in when he is even willing to sacrifice his son Isaac, who he has waited for for years and years and years. And if you're not familiar with that story, go back to previous episodes of the Bible Study Podcast. So, starting in Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham our forefather discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Let's stop there and look at what we've got so far. So we've got Abraham, and Paul is dealing with the question of Are we justified, are we made right with God through what we do, works, or through what we believe, faith? And certainly we know that Abraham was obedient to God, and so it might be natural for us to say Abraham was justified, was made right with God by what he did, that he was a righteous person. But Paul finds this obscure scripture, that comes from Genesis 15, verse 6, and also from verse 22, that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Which is an interesting verse, and you can go back in Genesis and you can find that. It doesn't say that Abraham was righteous. But somehow it says that he was accepted as if he were. It was a credit And that is a curious thing. So Paul picks that up and says, if he had earned it, it wouldn't say it was a credit. And then he brings in this thread about David, who who uses these same words to say, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. So people who are not right with God, people who have done 
the wrong things, but God doesn't count it against them. So is it possible that even Abraham is justified not by what he did, but by faith, is really what Paul's point here is. And he goes on to say, Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Okay, again, Paul is writing to a church that is split. It is part Jewish and part Gentile. It's all Christian, but it comes from different backgrounds. And so he's saying, when the scripture says that Abraham believes and it was credited to him as righteousness, was he already circumcised? No. In fact, the circumcision becomes an outward symbol of an internal relationship, of an internal commitment. So he's already been credited as righteousness before he is circumcised. And therefore, like the Gentiles, he is the father of all who believe but are uncircumcised. Because at the time he believes, he is uncircumcised. But then he turns to the Jewish part of the church and say, but he's also the father of all of those who are circumcised, the seal of righteousness, this outward act that talks of an inward commitment, an inward covenant but those who are not only circumcised, but who walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. The reason he says that is, especially at the time, it was a common belief, and we see Jesus run into this, that just being a descendant of Abraham is enough. That It doesn't matter so much what you do, so much what you believe, but it matters that you are a descendant of Abraham. And he's saying, if you really want to be a descendant of Abraham, Abraham's made right with God before he is circumcised, that it is his faith that makes him right, not circumcision. And so if you want to be a child of Abraham, circumcision is fine, but then you need to walk in the faith that Abraham showed before he was circumcised. And I hope that makes sense. <laughs> so let's go on from there. It is not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who live by law are heirs, faith has no value and the promise is worthless, because law brings wrath. And where there is law, there is no transgression. That's a small paragraph, but let's look at that, because that's a little dense there. When we talk about the law, Moses is going to bring the law, and Moses comes after Abraham. It's not through the law that anything happens to Abraham. Abraham is credited with righteousness before the law is even delivered. And then he says, if those who live by law are heirs, faith has no value. So if we could earn our way to God, then we don't need faith. If we could just do the right thing all the time, then we don't need faith. Faith has no value, the promise is worthless. So, But Abraham even, it says, didn't earn his way there. There was a credit, remember. 
because he says the law brings wrath. And the reason the law brings wrath is, and he'll get into this in more detail later in the book, we can't follow it. We can't follow it all the time. Then he goes on, therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom we believe, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Okay. The promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace. And again, we talked about grace in previous episodes. Grace is when we get something good that we don't deserve. It's a free gift. So Abraham didn't deserve to be credited with righteousness. It was a credit. It wasn't something he had earned. It was grace. And then guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring. So not just to the people who are the children, literally, of Abraham, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham. So he's extending that to the whole church, going down to this day, and saying he's the father of us all, of the many nations. Through his faith that he shows, all who believe then are children of Abraham. And that's interesting, this phrase here at the end, and the God gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So Abraham, again, back in that first paragraph, wasn't righteous. He wasn't perfect. And if you look back at the story of Abraham, Abraham had wonderful faith, but he wasn't perfect. There are times that he screws up. So when God credits him as righteousness and calls him right with him as if he were flawless, as if he had kept these rules, he is, in a sense, calling things that are are not as though they were. Which is interesting. And then it goes on to say, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. And that is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Two main points in this paragraph, and one is just that against all hope, Abraham believed God, even when all evidence seemed to be to the contrary. Again, that theme that God calls things that are not as though they were. When God comes to an old man and an old woman and says, you're going to be the father of many nations, it's a ridiculous idea, but God made it happen. And Abraham believed God that he would make it happen. So, the first point here is Abraham's faith against all hope. And then the second one, the second major point in here, is that those words are not just written for him, but also for us, that God will credit righteousness. 
as we believe in Jesus, who he raised from the dead. And he'll get much more focused on Jesus in the next couple chapters. So come back and join me for Romans chapter 5 next week. That's all for this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. You can leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.